Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. In store. Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash retail 23. Shopify.com slash retail 23. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Helen. And this is the Squiggly Careers podcast, where every week we share ideas and tools that we hope will really help you, and they do always help us, to navigate our squiggly careers with that bit more confidence, clarity and control. And we are together recording this podcast as in in the same room. <laughs> well, we're always together, but we're usually not in the same place and I'm usually in my pyjamas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always. But yes, we're in a room. So if you can hear any background noise, it's because we've hired a room in the centre of London to record this. And our theme for today's podcast has been inspired by National Careers Week and also International Women's Day, which is sort of a week, I think, now of like events. Month, yeah. yeah, a month. And we were thinking, well, what could we record that could sort of reference those two moments in time? And we decided that we would focus this episode on the women who've made a difference to our development, both to sort of recognise and appreciate the difference that they've made. But also we thought that in sharing who those people were and how they'd helped us, you might be able to see some of those people that might have helped you too, and also seek out more of them. That's the point, really. If, If these are the sorts of people that make a difference to our development, how can we spend more time with people like that? And we decided that nothing was off limits. So we thought it could be books, could be podcasts, could be TED Talks, could be people, people we've known, people we don't know. Where do you want to start, Helen? Do you want to start with the book that you okay, chose? We'll start with the book. So the book that I have chosen, the book written by a woman, the woman is Lois P. Frankel, PhD, that has made a difference to my development, is Nice Girls Don't Get the Corner Office. And I bought this book in 2005. The book came out in 2004. So you have kept it for a long time. I've kept it for a long, and it has all of my notes in. So imagine, imagine this is 22-year-old Helen. Uh, <laughs> I am working at Britvic in sales. I am eager and ambitious, and I'm selling Pepsi out of my car to cash and carries around the country. But I wanted to do more than that. And I went away with my boyfriend at the time, my boyfriend, Daniel. He was a couple of years older than me, and he'd got an international trip to the US. And I went with him, and the company paid for me to go. Ooh. I remember they paid for my flight. I know, I was like- The good old days, I know, eh? the good old days. They kind of paid for my flight, and I just stayed in, stayed in the hotel. And he would go out to work, and I had nothing really to do. Now, remember, like, no laptop, no phone. Of course. <laughs> 22-year-old Helen with the all this ambition, days. what does she do? She went to Barnes & Noble. <laughs> so like Barnes & Noble was all kind of cool. And I walked around, I remember going around there and then I bought this book, this book, Nice Girls Don't Get the Corner Office. And I went, I think I sat in a coffee shop and I went back to our hotel room 
And I remember actually, weirdly, I remember trying to walk back to the hotel and realizing that that place was not designed for walking. Like there's not, <laughs> there's not like pavements. pavements. Yeah, and I was like- <laughs> Sidewalks. And people were just looking at me really strangely, like get off the road. And I was like, I don't know how to get back to my hotel. Anyway, me and this book uh, went back to the hotel. And the reason this book influenced my development so much, like it's a good book, it's very practical. It goes through common mistakes that women make at work and has lots of coaching tips to help you with them. I think in some ways, some of it's a bit dated now, surprisingly, sort of several years on. But the reason that this book made such a difference in my development is ambitious 22-year-old Helen, I wasn't reading a lot that helped me see how I could get to where I want to be. And I read this book and I felt like that's the grown-up version of me. If I can do these things, it didn't patronize me. It didn't say, well, you're only 22, so this isn't a book for people like you. It basically said, you know, if you're ambitious, then acknowledge that these are going to be some areas that you need to develop in and go do it. And I think reading books like that is so important so that you're not limited like you're not limited there is no limits in that book it basically says if you can tackle these things then you can achieve the things that you want to do regardless of who you are and where you work and, and you know what you've done this book will help with your development and I think sitting there in that hotel room I sort of saw the career that I wanted and a way that I could get myself there not you know, not dependent on the company I was working for. And, you know, it didn't matter that I was selling Pepsi out of a boot in Sheffield. I could see the career I wanted to have in in this book. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier. And to be honest, laughing a little bit at some of the content in the book, which has dated. So it's not necessarily a book we would recommend because I feel like it's some of it just perhaps doesn't have the timeliness or relevance of today's context of careers. But that doesn't mean that having books that sort of show you the art of the possible aren't important. So I think when Helen and I were going through this, because I was saying I had that book and we can't remember whether I had that book because Helen had that book because we knew each other at that time. Or did we both sort of independently end up with that book? And I think I actually read, I talked about it in one of the podcasts recently. I read a book called Corporate Rebels and that did something similar for me. It showed me how to be ambitious, how to think about how you can increase your impact. And I think sometimes spending time with a person or some people that just expand your horizons, help you to zoom out is really powerful. And it doesn't have to be a book, but I think that's that seems like that's what that did for you. Some of the things that are in here that I I kind of uh, ticked off at the time was like, oh, yes. this is an area of focus. We were looking at your notes, weren't we, earlier? Yeah, my notes, like little me. The little test yeah, that I you did, the little notes that you wrote. It's quite look, interesting looking at what you highlight um, sort of, you know, all those years ago. But one of the mistakes, for example, couching statements as questions. So mm. rather, you know, do you think I should do this? And Sarah's going, well, yeah, of course. And it's almost like, well, why have you asked the question? Because you, you, you probably... If you were more confident, you'd just say, I'm going to do this. Have you got anything you'd like to add? And it's sort of more being more assertive. And then one of the other things that I ticked off as an action item uh, <laughs> was using touchy-feely language. So touchy-feely language is things like, it feels like we should, I might, you could consider. And then reframing that as kind of more assertive language, which is, I intend to, I would advise you to. And so there is lots in here that is it's quite useful for your language. I think a newer version of a book which 
is a similar kind of thing is Sally Helverson, How Women Rise. That's the one that I tend to recommend. And it has, you know, lots of common mistakes that women might make and how to sort of reframe them. But, you know, I'd still say there's lots in here. One mistake that I think is dated is the don't wear reading glasses around your neck. Though when we read that earlier, we were like, what What does that mean? (laughs) There's a bit about appearance. Some of that stuff hasn't dated well, but there is a lot in here that's still practical and applicable. What about you? I chose a book called Quiet, which is by Susan Cain. And a bit like you, you know, when you read the right book at the right time, it's funny, isn't it? You look back over that book and I got it off my shelf again. And there's very few books as sort of, that have got as many post-it notes or as underlines in as Quiet on my bookshelf. I think I've read it probably three or four times, maybe not always start to finish, but I, I do keep coming back to it. And one of the things that Susan Cain says quite early in the book is... If this book does nothing else, I really hope it gives you a newfound sense of entitlement to be yourself. I'll always be grateful for this book because I think that's what this book did for me. And I really like that Susan Cain isn't too simplistic about introversion versus extroversion. She definitely isn't trying to label you or put you in a box. What she is doing is describing some different behaviours and characteristics in terms of like you know, how you behave at work and how you show up and then what that might mean for you in terms of some of your choices. And I think reading it really then impacted almost like how I lived my life, which is quite a big statement to make, isn't it? Mm. Having read a book. And I think it really helped to set me up for success and it stopped me comparing myself to some of my peers, to some of the leaders that I worked with who I really admired, but were much more extrovert than me. So I've got a real track record of working for and with some real extroverts. And actually, when you read Quiet, it's not a surprise because extroverts and introverts make really good teams because, you know, they approach problems and the world in, in quite a different way. It's not very surprising that I get on really well with some very extroverted people. But I do think early in my career, I definitely fell into the trap of thinking, I need to be like that in order to be successful. And then that does mean you spend too much time pretending, too much time with a persona, and that is exhausting. And also very then hard to be consistently at your best. And she introduced me to this one idea, and I think to this day I'm I'm good at doing this and I'm always proud of my ability to do this, this idea of your restorative niche, which is just because you are an introvert or just because you're an extrovert, it's not an excuse. So just because I'm an introvert, I can't then say, oh, well, Helen, I'm never going to go to a big event with lots of people I don't know, if that's part of the work that you do. So I would recognize that sometimes doing that is important for the work that we do. But what I would now recognize is what you might put in front and behind that event to make sure that then you can be brilliant at that event and that you can actually even go as far as to enjoy that event So making sure that you've got just a bit of time probably by yourself before you walk into that room, making sure that after you've spent time in that room, you're not doing exactly the same thing again. So for me, like to restore myself, I now know what that looks like, spending time by myself, spending time in very small groups, going for some walks, being outside, not being in the same place for too long, which I always find really difficult. And so I think it just gave me a lot of confidence. I think I read that book and I was much more confident in who I was. And then when you're more confident in who you are, you use your strengths more and you're always better at your job anyway. So it's, it's a smart thing to do and you're more successful, kind of whatever that looks like for you. And even there's some small things and um, 
I perhaps have shared it before, but one of the things that I do, not as much as I used to, but I'm somebody who blushes. And there's even a section in there about blushing and about how blushing is not a bad thing. So I used to really beat myself up for blushing because I'd be like, oh, people think I've not got gravitas or I'm not very credible. Um, And she talks about it as actually it's better to care too much than to care too little. And often blushing shows humility and modesty. And the research shows that when people see someone blush, actually they view that person more positively, not less positively in the main, because you you can sort of see, you can see that someone cares or you can see that they've got self-awareness. And I think it's like, that sounds like a really small thing, but I think it was something I was so self-conscious about and also felt like I couldn't really do anything about because it's just something that happens, you can't really control. And obviously it always happens at the moment, you don't want it to happen. So I... I just kind of came away from that going, okay, well, I don't need to change. If anything, I need to do a better job of being myself. And I think that's a kind of, that's a really powerful thing to come across somebody who gives you that sense of newfound freedom in who you are. So I have a familiarity with the work around introversion and quiet. And I think watched TED Talk and you and I have talked about it before, but I haven't read that book. Do you think as somebody who is very different to you, that I would benefit from reading that book. Yes, I think everyone would benefit from reading Quiet because you might have less aha moments maybe than I had because you self-identify with some mm. of the things that she describes. But also there are parts of introversion that I don't identify with that I go, so sometimes introverts are less likely to enjoy public speaking. I enjoy public speaking. It's a really big part of the work that we do. And so again, it's not like you're trying to go, you know, it was like, we're all the same, these introverts, and we're all the same, these extroverts. But she talks about extroversion as well. And so I feel like I understand extroverts more, also having spent time reading the book. And her point is as well, essentially, that we will all get on better and be more empathetic and more collaborative if we can understand all of our differences. So, I mean, we've talked about it before, but you understand my need to sometimes go off by myself and you understand that sometimes I'll disappear off for a walk and it might feel alien to you because you would never do it and some of the things that you do feel alien to me like you're like (laughs) I'm going out to a party and I'm like I'm going to put my pajamas on and she actually does talk about how introverts really look forward to the moment that they put their pajamas on because they are usually by themselves and at home why do you think I bought you pajamas as a present I know you did buy me pajamas yeah (laughs) I like those pajamas and so it's sort of less about I, I feel like she's never, she's not trying to change anyone. Mm. Uh, she's almost just sort of going, well, how do we help everyone sort of bring, bring the best of them? And maybe you don't need to read the book, but I think if everybody watched her TED talk, mm. it probably wouldn't be a bad thing. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Okay, so shall we move on to another woman who's influenced our work and made a difference to our development? So mine is Elizabeth Gilbert. I love Elizabeth Gilbert. Good choice. Good good, choice. Thank you. In particular, the first thing that I saw from her, well, actually, no, I think actually, I'm trying to work out what came first, me reading Eat, Pray, Love or me watching her TED Talk where she references it. Because a TED Talk I wanted to share with people because this is my Eat, Pray, Love's a great book. But the TED Talk is amazing. It's from 14 years ago and it's called Your Elusive Creative Genius. And I love everything about this TED Talk. I've watched it so many times. I love that she rocks up on a stage and she looks like she's just got out of bed. I really love that she's just like got her hair all messy. She's just got kind of comfy clothes on. She's like, take me as I am because I really, really like the, the sort of confidence in that. But her words are brilliant. Obviously, she's just amazing at words. So I just listen to her language and I'm like, oh, you use some really good, lovely words in this. But the main premise of the talk, the difference that it made to my development, is she talks about the idea of your kind of creative, it's kind of, it is for this idea of creative, that so the, the pressure that creative people, whether you're writing or producing a podcast or whatever, I kind of think we're all creative, but the pressure that you put on yourself, that when you've done something good, you've kind of got to do better. And I think a lot of people have this, you know, they've succeeded at something, you've got a new job and it always has to be better and better and better or you're not doing well at work. And what she talks about is almost to try to separate yourself from your success a little bit. So she, for example, had this runaway success with Eat, Pray, Love. And she said, the likelihood is I am never going to have a book as successful as that again. But I'm in my 40s. I'm hopefully going to work until I'm 80. So what am I supposed to do? Like, yeah. am I supposed to be depressed for the next 40 years that I've done my best work? And she said, you kind of almost have to see your success as a situation. Like it was, it came to you in that moment, but it is not, you are not defined by it. It is something that, you know, we had Squiggly Career as a best-selling book. We may never have another best-selling book again does that mean we're not going to do brilliant work and help people with their career development no does that mean that I'm not good or successful no because that was a success that was part of me but is not just me and you watch that talk and you know her eloquence and her humility and her humanness and I'm just sucked in and do you know what it makes me want to do more I watch that and it makes me want to do more but not for the point of performing or succeeding just because she sort of gives you permission to go and do stuff just because you like you like doing it you like working make work about what you enjoy doing not kind of what work is supposed to be in terms of your success and status and all that kind of stuff highly recommend it's interesting is it just listening to you how when you do come across a person or people who have that kind of impact it has like a really propelling impact mm-hmm. even just like listening to you it's sort of almost inspires action, whatever yeah. that action kind of looks like for you. There's sort of almost a before and after 
you know, who you were before you saw that TED talk and who you are after it. And when, whenever, and I, you know, I didn't remember it all the time, but then I watch it again. Someone will ask me, what's your favorite TED talk? And then I'll, I'll rewatch it just to make sure, you know, make sure it's still useful and relevant to me. And every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, I want to go create something. Every time it is like, it gives me that inspiration, that energy. I'm going to watch it on the way home today. I have watched it, but like a, a long time ago, it is not one that I've rewatched. So uh, you're now making me think, oh, on the tube on the way home. Oh, do it, do it, do it. I'll, I'll watch it again. So I've chosen someone who has multiple TED Talks. She has been on our podcast before and she has books because she needs to put her brilliance in lots of places. And that's Margaret Heffernan. And she has a TED Talk called The Human Skills We Need Right Now. She also has another one called Dare to Disagree. I particularly like her book, which is called Uncharted. But she's also written about things like willful blindness. And I think what I really like about Margaret's work and her sort of approach is she is... She's sort of simple and direct, but still positive. Mm. So she sort of acknowledges the challenges. And I feel like she's really connected to what is going on in the world of work. And you can start to connect the dots to careers. But just generally, she's sort of good at spotting and understanding like what's happening. Like one of the things that she says in a few in a books and a few TED Talks always really stuck with me is, we used to live in a complicated world. And when you're in a complicated world, you know, it's still hard, but it's more predictable. You sort of go, I can anticipate this is going to happen. And then I can start to put some structures in place about like how to deal with it when it happens again. So she's like, things used to be complicated. So we would say ladder-like worlds were complicated. But she's like, now we're in a world of complexity. And in complexity, it's very difficult to predict. Apparently, even people who do this for a living are only prepared to predict like 400 days, roughly, apparently. That's with any level of accuracy. Mm. And she talks about the amount of like change and uncertainty and ambiguity. And then she starts to suggest some of the skills or kind of the approaches that we need to take. And I feel like her perspective has actually really permeated like the work that we do. I think she's more of a thought leader across more categories and sectors than the work that we do. But I think we've sort of borrowed her brilliance and applied it to careers in three particular areas. One, she talks about experiments. Mm. And actually, that's probably one of the things that I admire about her. I feel like she spots and pioneers things, and then we all have to catch up with her. And, and I think we're quite good at being early adopters for things. But she was talking about experiments you know, a long time before we started to talk about it a lot in the last couple of years. But she was kind of way ahead of that. And the importance of you know, having a hypothesis, knowing it's okay to fail, but being really clear about what those experiments are, things that we've talked about before. She talks about optimism in a lovely way. There is a great quote that we sometimes use from Margaret Heffernan where she says, like, optimists aren't idiots, which I was just really, it was very her. And she talks about they're just better at uh, solving solving problems, spotting opportunities and asking for help. And you just feel like there are three skills that are really important for us in our squiggly careers. And then she has this phrase about, we all need to get better at building relationships beyond the ones that we need right now. And she's talking about, again, more generally in the context of like CEOs and in organizations. But again, I see in careers that if we limit our relationships to the ones that we need for our day job, we limit our learning and our development. And so I just feel like, you know, when you think every time I spend time with Margaret Heffernan, whether that's the one opportunity I did have to actually talk to her, but whether that's watching a TED Talks, reading a book, you always feel like it's time well spent. You know, Mm. your return on investment for that time is always high. Even if you can't spot it in that moment, it's not like I sort of go through it and go, oh, it's action, action, action. But I think her ideas and her thought leadership stick. Well, they certainly do for me and they've stayed with me and then they've influenced 
me and and I think our work in a very sort of practical way. And the other thing that I really like about her is in a time of life when influence is so much projected through social media she doesn't play that game no like her not at all like she doesn't her work just speaks for itself yeah she's not there you know posting her own quotes on, on no on, on we, we are we're posting her own quotes <laughs> yeah we're posting the quotes for her but um and i i just really respect and think gosh isn't that the power of brilliant work that it speaks for itself and other people share it on your behalf like yeah. i remember when i interviewed her for our podcast and it was lockdown one in the UK during COVID. And I was just chatting to her like, you know, like, like what are you doing? And what she was doing was not promoting her work, which actually she talks about in one of the TED Talks, there will be a pandemic. You know, she actually does, she's like, we know that, we know that's true. So she wasn't out there being like, oh, I told you so. What she was doing was collecting food locally and delivering it to grannies in the community and was setting up some sort of like system so that everybody had got the food that they you know like she was almost sort of using her energy in that way and she just sort of has this style where you sense she sort of doesn't take herself too seriously even though she takes her work seriously Mm. and I always really admire that in people so I've got one more how many more have you got one more okay one more mine is a mine is a person in a company that I've worked with I'm intrigued about yours so mine my person is a lady called Fiona Stark Sarah and I haven't talked about this and so Fiona was on the board at Eon when I worked there and in a kind of hierarchical sense she was many levels above me in fact I think she was probably like my manager's 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 peer that kind of a thing so a good couple of levels above me and not somebody that I would normally have access to I think she was probably the only woman on the board she was um represented kind of legal and uh CSR and all lots of things within a role it wasn't what I was doing at the time so I wouldn't have really spent time with her both because of her level and because of her discipline and manager that I've mentioned many times before Phil connected me to her because I think he took my ambition and saw a woman a woman doing well and he made that made that connection I remember that first conversation and she didn't treat me like a junior person in the organization she was curious about my career she was supportive of my ambition and I stayed connected to her afterwards and then when I went to go and be a trustee of a charity she was on the board of that charity and she definitely that's a nice sort of circle of life a squiggly a squiggly connection and she definitely sponsored and supported me in that role and so the I guess the reason she made a difference to my development, if I just reflected on it, was she sort of just treated me as a peer, like being curious about someone's career, treating them as a peer and sponsoring and supporting them where you can. I think that is a privilege of being senior. And she took that privilege seriously and she spotted someone she could support and she was really generous. I remember I went to London to have lunch with her. And this is before I was kind of in London a lot. And we went to this little Italian restaurant and I felt important you know, like that, that someone senior was spending their time with me and was interested in what I was doing. I think those moments make a big difference for your development. And it has just made me think now in, I think I'm in a position of privilege. We run our own company. We, you know, we have the ability to support other people. Like be a Fiona, like find a Fiona. Who's yes, your, um, find um, a Fiona. Be a Fiona, even just to one woman. Find that person who is not doing what you're doing and maybe feels quite far away from what you're doing today and and be a Fiona, give them your time, treat them as a peer and support and sponsor them where you can. And you might not realise the benefit of that conversation now, but 5, 10, 15 years down the line, I bet that person will be better because of that time that you spent with them talking to them about their development. 
Yeah, that's like, hey, that must be really lovely for her. You should, you should I will, tell I'm her. I'm a messenger. I talked about you today. She's also super lovely. Super lovely. And it also shows how those conversations can be moments that matter, but in hindsight. So, you know, I can imagine at the time she probably didn't, I bet she didn't give loads of thought to that conversation. You know, she would have just moved on with her day and she yeah. would have been very busy, but it really made a difference to you. And often, you know, we're talking about building relationships beyond the ones we need right now. It's so easy to not do that when you're busy to kind of think, I've not got time or that's not an important thing. But those sorts of conversations, you sort of never quite know where they mm. lead. And they, again, they can help to inspire us or they can help to get us unstuck. It's just somebody, like you said, listening and asking those curious questions. What about you? Who's your third person? Well, I, so I picked a third person and then I, I do think we should give a squiggly shout out to two of the people at the end of the podcast. So, because all the three people actually, Margaret, have not, I suppose I could say and know a little bit because I've had one conversation, but all the three people I've chosen, I, I don't know, but the squiggly shout out people we, we both know. So I picked a lady called Maria Popova. And when I first came across Maria's work, she sort of ran a website, which is probably the best way to describe it, called Brain Pickings. And Brain Pickings is now actually called Marginalian. And I think I'm pronouncing that right. As in marginal and then I-A-N at the end. I would go Marginalian. So that's, that's, that's what I've gone with. <laughs> and I say it hesitantly because I'm not, I'm not sure. And to be honest, the point is, it probably is meant to be hard to pronounce, kind of given, given the content of the website. And I was thinking, well, like, why did she have a big impact on me in my career? I think it was because she showed me that it was good to have a super skill about curiosity. Like, I mean, you talk about, I like, I think I'm curious in, in the work that I do and kind of who I am. I think that's a strength that I've got. But you know, there are go-to gurus. There's sort of good and then there's good. Mm. And I feel like Maria Popova is incredible at sort of collecting dots from so many different places and spaces. She's a sort of the ultimate polymath. She, every time you spend time on her site, you discover something new or it introduces you to something you wouldn't normally come across. And I just remember at one point in my career, and probably, you know, you're in a very busy day job, you've got lots of structure and probably not that much freedom to sort of go outside the confines of what you are there to do. And I think this really helped me to see the art of the possible. And it reminded me that there's a sort of a world out there that we should never forget. It doesn't matter how consuming our jobs are or how much we love them. You can learn a lot from spending time reading a poem that you'd never normally read. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I remember learning about growth mindset and then she wrote about growth mindset and being like, oh, that's the best description of growth mindset I've seen, even though she's not in a sort of career or a business world. I suspect that's the last place that she would actually want to be. And I thought I'd particularly mention an article that you can go on and read called The 16 Life Learnings from 16 Years. So she's been running this site for a long time and she's done a book called Figuring, which is um, like a massive book with like loads of her sort of musings and reflections. You can sign up to a newsletter. But in this article, she sort of shares all these kind of thoughts about what has she commonly observed? I, I suppose she must start to spot lots of threads and themes. And I've just picked out three, which I just thought I would mention. One of them is do nothing for prestige or status or money or approval alone. And I was like, I think that's probably quite a good rule for life. Second one, expect anything worthwhile to take time. I like that one. And then the third one, which I am going to read out because I don't want to get it wrong. Question your maps and models of the universe, both inner and outer, and continually test them against the raw input of reality. 
and you can go on and so for each of these ones there's like links and it's um you know almost like a rabbit hole but in the mm. most positive sense almost it's designed to be a rabbit hole because there she'll be like well here's a wonderful poem about pie and you're like okay now I'm going to read a wonderful poem and then even like I bought you for your son Henry a book about a snail that she wrote with like incredible illustrations and I sort of go I wouldn't have found that book or bought that book if it hadn't been for her and also I quite like the fact that she is quite hard a bit like Margaret Heffernan actually a bit of a theme she's quite hard to find elsewhere she sort of puts all of her energy and her input into marginally and and she's got her newsletter but you know she's not out there doing two TED talks a year she's not trying to you know, churn out lots of things. And actually somewhere in one of her 16 things, she definitely talks about, you know, like quality matters and you need to take time and we need to think things through. And there's always a temptation, isn't there, to be like quick and superficial and like you say, to, to sort of do more. And I feel like every time I spend time with her in any way, it slows you down. It makes you think more deeply. It makes you sort of question, you know, what's important. She really encourages you to change your mind. Lots of qualities that I think feel actually important in our careers as well. Like it is okay to change your mind. It's really, I haven't spent a lot of time with her work for a while. I used to read Brain Piggings all the time. I didn't even mm. know that it had a rebrand actually. And so just listening to you now, it makes me think oh, I want to spend some more time with her because what it always used to make me think was both the curiosity, like isn't curiosity great when it's unconstrained? Yeah, like that, yeah. it always made me think that. But also generosity. I always remember feeling when I was reading it, yeah, it's incredible. Like how generous she is. Like I remember there was like, if you would like to give a pound, like basically I do this of my own time because I love doing it. If you'd like to give a pound, that helps brain pickings. And I always just got this sense of the amount of time and thought that went into what she was sharing. It, I think when I think about what we try to do with Amazing If, I think you look at those generosity-based businesses and you think, well, that's what that's what I want us to become, like a generosity-based business where we put stuff out into the world that helps people regardless of, you know, where people are or what they do. Just put it, that she put that work out into the mm. world to help people, didn't she? And that's, it's, um, yeah, you know, I will reconnect with it a little bit as a result of this. And then finally, we both wanted to give a bit of a squiggly shout out to two women who we both know and have spent a lot of time with really over the years. And I don't know, kind of how old they would be now but sort of probably in their 80s yes, I guess so, yes. um so two ladies lindy payne and judith salison and lindy and judith are both judges for an award that helen and i both won not together we don't do everything together <laughs> oh yeah and we weren't the only winners as well but it was a sort of an award that you could apply for essentially to get money to go and do development so you can imagine why helen and i were like yes please <laughs> um and we both went to do to do different things with that award but I think the reason we wanted to give them both a mention is to this point again about people just supporting you to do the things that you want to do. I really remember being interviewed by both of them and it's incredibly intimidating because you were like, wow, these people have done amazing things. They've also done hard things at a time where it would have been particularly hard to do them. You know, run companies, built companies when no women were doing that and probably not in a particularly supportive environment to make those things happen. So their achievements are sort of awe-inspiring. And so you're initially thinking, oh, God, I don't, you know, don't deserve to be here. You know, any sort of imposter syndrome you might have definitely kicks in. And all I ever remember about Lindy and Judith is them just sort of going, well, how could you be even more ambitious? Mm. How could you be even better? How could you be even bigger? And just wanting you to just have an incredible impact and sort of go, well, what can we do to help? How can we help? Like, what do you need? 
And they both met us through those interview process and then they sort of connected the dots that Helen and I were you know, running a company together very much on the side at that point. And they just sort of adopted us. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I mean, I'll absolutely take it. So they'd be like, well, shall we take you out? And I was like, okay, great. Thank you. And they'd take us to really nice places. Yeah, where they'd know everyone there. Where they would know people. And they'd probably go quite regularly, I guess. And they'd know exactly what they wanted from the menus. And I always remember thinking when I went to those, and I'd, I would honestly still do this now. A, I'd always be smart. Yes. I feel like I should be smart yes. for those breakfast lunches or dinners smarter than I might kind of normally be like I never wear I couldn't imagine wearing trainers for some reason to those, no, I wouldn't to those things I mean, I not that you would anyway, anyway. <laughs> but I don't think that would be the day to wear my new Nike trainers that I've got on today and what was amazing is I feel like they would just sit there and they just celebrated our achievements yeah. for us yeah so they would be like bravo that's sort of the word that they bravo Helen and Sarah like bravo, this is, girls yeah and they'd be like talk to us about all the so they would go basically list your achievements we are going to celebrate those achievements and then we're going to ask you questions about how you can be even better. And actually, they do ask you quite difficult questions, but they're so supportive about them. They never feel confronting in a sort of a, oh, well, why haven't you done this? It's much more because you sort of know that they are so on your side and they really are championing you and they want you to succeed. But they would pick holes a bit sometimes. Yeah. You know, they might Just go... those questions. You know, like, have you thought, well, have you thought about this? Yeah. And like, what about that? And how might that bit work? And they're very direct because I think they probably have had to be. So there's no sort of beating around the bush with things. They'll just say, you know, they would be like, well, what's your revenue now? Yes, and what's yeah. your profitability? Absolutely. And But what's funny is you'd go from one minute it being sort of, do you want some champagne? <laughs> uh, and I'd be like, oh, no, I don't drink. And then the next minute, like, well, what's your profitability? And you'd be like, let me just get the spreadsheet. Um, but I just think over the years, consistently, they have shown up for us. And actually, we haven't seen them in person for a little pandemic while comes, from, yeah. because of the pandemic. So A, it's prompted me just recording this podcast to think, I just want to reconnect with them both and just see how they're both doing and let them know the the impact that they've both had on us. So I'll always be grateful to both Lindy and Judith. I think I also hope that in, what would that be, 40 what, years Do you want time? us to be the next yeah, Lindy? I do. I want Am I allowed to wear trainers though when we do it? No, <laughs> <laughs> no you, you can wear trainers. You can wear trainers. But yeah, to just to be those people that you know, see and support and sponsor them. I mean, we can we could do that now. We don't need to wait till we're Lindy and Judith, but it does, I just look at the impact that that has on us and it doesn't have to be every month. It doesn't even have to be every year. It's just mm. taking that time and making it all about those people and giving them nothing but support to just encourage what they're already doing. And, you know, sometimes we think, well, I do, that, oh, the help I give is in solving problems or it's a very active kind of help. But actually that isn't an active kind of help, but it's a very important kind of help. Lots of people have already got brilliant ideas and already doing things brilliantly. They might just need a bit of a boost that comes from your belief. And I think that's that's what they do. And so if you've been listening to this today, I think the question that we would want to leave you with is who are the people who are making a difference to your development? And obviously they don't have to be women. We just thought, well, you know, it's International Women's Day, week, month, hopefully all the Ever. time <laughs> you know you, let's hope at one point you don't we don't need it kind of in quite the same way so it felt quite nice to um put that frame on it for today's conversation but I think always asking yourself that question you know as even revisiting it for today really made me think about well who's made a difference to me in the past who's making a difference for me today am I still spending enough time with people who are making a difference to my development have I got the right range of people and also have I got enough difference because actually I was looking at my bookshelf in preparation for this and I was thinking 
wow, I have got a lot of books by men. <laughs> you know, I was like, really, it, it was, it's really stark. I have all of my sort of developmenty business books together. And, you know, I reckon 10% of those books are by women. Mm. And, you know, Quiet by Susan Cain, you know, like I say, transformed my life. So it sort of, it stands out on that bookshelf. But, you know, there's, I probably need to spend a bit more time reading more books by women, you know, especially given that's what we do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I just think, you know, just stopping to consider you don't have to do books. It could be TED Talks, it can just be websites, it can be newsletters. There are so many different ways to learn, but whatever works for you and whoever works for you, just spending some time with people who can propel your squiggly career is just always worth it. So thank you so much for listening today. We will summarise our recommendations, some questions for you to reflect on in the pod sheet. The pod sheet you can download from our website, which is amazingif.com. Just go to the podcast page and you will see it there. You can also sign up for pod mail there, which is a weekly email that comes out every Tuesday and it pulls together all the different resources that we produce on a weekly basis. One way we hope that we are generous to help you with your career development. If you have feedback or ideas for future episodes, you can always get in touch. We're Helen and Sarah at squigglycareers.com. I think we will leave it there for today. So thank you so much for listening, everybody. Bye for now. Bye for now. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. In store. Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash retail 23. Shopify.com slash retail 23.